welcome to the Spotlight Hollywood Edition, the show that takes a look at those involved in television and film. We interview the actors, writers, producers, directors, and those that work with them. I'm joined today by my co-hosts, Kinte and Yardley. And guys, I am so excited to talk to our guest today, Chris Mulkey. But first, I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about what you guys have been up to on the television scene. Yeah, um, man, you know what? We are living in the golden age of television. Uh, There's so many wonderful programs that are on. And it seems like when we have our three-month run of one great show, like we just had Orphan Black run, uh, we had a run of uh, some other programs as well, and now there's another run, there's another couple of good runs, and there's a new show that I like, uh, there's two new shows that I like, three new shows that I really like. Uh, There's a show called Gang Related on Fox, that's a pretty good show, Uh, very well done uh, from the people who did Fast and the Furious. Um... Also, there's a show on Stars called Power that's pretty good as well. Actually, 50 Cent, the rapper, uh, uh, produced it. And then there's a new show on TNT, and it's called Last Ship that's really good as well. So those are three you know, pretty quality shows that are going on. And not to mention there's The Bridge that came back. And I haven't watched the show Strain. But I think this week I'll, I'll, start, I'll focus on last ship and uh i don't know if you guys uh have you guys seen last ship or know what it's about i have not uh neither have i I, i'll give a real uh brief synopsis last ship is about uh there's this uh warship u.s warship that goes out to antarctica they don't know why and then they find out that uh that there's a, a pandemic had spread and that you know they think that most of the uh world's population has died and they're the last hope for humanity because uh, they were with a scientist who may have the uh, line on a cure. And it's all kind of, you know, high drama. And, you know, it's just really good. It's a well, it's a well done show. Uh, Michael Bay is the producer of the show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's really good. So, and it's on TNT. So you guys definitely check that one out. Uh, and uh, also, too, there is a uh, gang related school it's like the spanish version of departed <laughs> you know uh hmm. and that, you know that's an excellent show and maybe in the next week I'll, I'll talk more about it as well as the show power uh starring uh omari hardwick uh produced by 50 cent so. ah yardley what about you what do you, what have you been up to really you know what not that much what I've been doing. I think I just wrapped up watching the first season of Black Box that has um, uh, Shabon Williams in it. Um, this is a young actress that hails from out of Canada and Kente and I um, actually met her through her role um, playing Naomi Bohannon on Hell on Wheels. So I decided to check out the new show that she was in because she ended up going to this show and um, she stopped working on Hell on Wheels. So I kind of, you know, followed her over to Black Box. And they just had a two-hour season finale, um, I guess maybe like a week or maybe two ago. I didn't get a chance to catch it live. So I had it saved, and I went back, and I watched the last three episodes. The season finale was two hours. And actually, the show really started picking up steam in the second half, and the season finale was really good at, 
it left in sort of a cliffhanger, not necessarily a cliffhanger that we normally get where you're wondering if somebody died, but it was basically a very life-changing situation for you know the main character on the show. And as soon as my interest got peaked the most, of course, you know, <laughs> it's finally over. So I've been checking that out. It's pretty good. And I've basically been going back and re-watching some of the programs that Kente and I do, like, for instance, Hell on Wheels. You know, that's coming back actually tomorrow night. I'm really excited about that. And I've been <laughs> checking out the marathon that's been going on uh, today. So that's about it for me. Sounds good. And, you know, I kind of bring up the, I round this off with a lot of chick flicks, I would say. <laughs> there was a new one that started called Satisfaction. And, you know, with the name Satisfaction, I had to check it out. And in this in this series, the whole idea is that this married couple gets kind of stale. And it isn't the guy that, you know, steps out. It's the woman that steps out. Mm. And uh, it's very interesting to see what happens. Um, uh, and then, you know, she doesn't just step out. She actually gets an escort that she pays. And so the, da- the husband decides he's going to try this, too. Uh-huh. And it it turns all sorts of ways. It's it's very interesting. It's kind of like um, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey in another way. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then my one of my favorite shows is Covert Affairs, and that one has kicked back in. And I just love that show. Um, although I have noticed that this season they have brought a lot more sex to that show. It's like everybody's having sex all of a sudden. So. Uh, Spies and sex, I guess that sells. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the other two, I'm a sci-fi fanatic. And uh, Dominion and Defiance. Dominion is about angels versus humans. And Defiance is kind of the futuristic uh, situation that those the left behind and how they're uh, surviving and getting along. And, um, gosh, I, I, I really like them both. But what's interesting to me, you guys is that both of them on their websites have some extra stuff. I mean, you know, all shows right now have the social media Facebook page or Twitter that they're trying to draw people in with. Um, With Dominion, they have an extra guidebook is what they call it. And so you can check in after the show and get more of the story through the guidebook and clips. And, And then with Defiance, they actually have a whole video game attached to it. And... I kind of like where TV series are going with this extra stuff. I can, I can kind of see us in the future being like, you know, uh, digital characters, you know, as extras in the background while the movies or the television series is going on in front of us. It would be kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, definitely sounds uh, sounds interesting to say the least. Do you, do you have any idea how successful it's been for them? This you know, model. I actually have not seen numbers on that. I was looking for it over the weekend because I am curious to see even, you know, how many people they get to actually play and, and, you know, hit those links and hit the guidebook. It's something I'll be looking for. Maybe I can t- uh, get back with you next week and uh, let you know what I find. I hope it is successful because I like to see more stuff like that. Like, I, yeah. re- I mean, you know, I like, I like it when they, uh, uh, you know, go outside the box and stuff like that. But uh, you know, you know, sometimes things happen too early. Uh, well, when I say too early, not for me, but you know, for the public, they're not ready for it. So, but I can see this as being something that later down the line. I remember there was this thing 
there was a TiVo that came out that actually combined the internet and television and all of this stuff, but it was way before its time. And I remember people were like, Man, who would watch the internet? And <laughs> it would be on TV and the internet, and now it's so such a common thing. People tweet during programs and all of that stuff. So, you know, it's, it's definitely something that, uh, you know, has changed. So, yeah. yeah. It, and it is interesting. I mean, you know, the day and age of action figures and toys for kids and and T-shirts and stuff like that, that kind of memorabilia stuff is still around. But getting people interactive with whatever it is the show is and their characters are is much more exciting for the current day. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Definitely agree. All right, so... Uh, this weekend, we have uh, some movies coming out, and uh, most prominently, we have a biopic of the great James Brown. It's called Get On Up. Uh, actually, the, from the people that made the movie help, and some of the people that were in the movie help, <laughs> uh, is uh, teaming together for this release. Um, also, the young man, uh, uh, his name is Chadwick Boseman, I believe, uh, who played, who was in the movie 42, he played played um oh shoot <laughs> um the, he uh he played jackie robinson sorry i'm <laughs> having a brain fart it's hot uh <laughs> he played jackie robinson in the movie 42 uh is playing james brown so once again he's doing a, a biopic again so uh i don't know what to think about this film that you know the clips alone i'm not quite sure about you know i love james brown so on that note I want to see it, but I don't know if this is the movie. But you know, we'll see. I, I'm I would have to wait probably till it comes on video. Yeah. So, uh, what do you uh, before I say the next film? What do you guys think uh, about this? I I personally can't wait to see it. I actually was lucky enough to see James Brown uh, in concert one time, and oh, it was one of the best concerts. He is just so energetic to watch, and I love I loved it. So uh, I can't wait to see a movie about him. I mean, I would see in theory. I'd love to see a movie about him, but it has to be a good one about it. So yeah, that's true. You yeah. got it. Yeah, I just recently saw the trailer. It seemed. Uh, I'm, I like you. I don't really know what to exactly think about it, just based off of the trailer. And you know, of course, the trailer has him, you know, dancing. He's actually got some of the moves down. I saw an extended clip of him dancing. Uh, I think it was actually, he was on The View um, for a couple of days ago. And uh, they showed an extended clips. And uh, you've definitely got the dancing part down, but I, like you, Kente, and I'm, I'm sure Tara Lynn, you probably feel the same way. You know, I want a little bit more of the substance. Probably the dancing part is probably going to be what we see the least in the movie. So uh, I hope he brings it. So I, I'll, I'll probably wait till it comes out on, uh, on The View as well. Yeah. And uh, this next film... Uh, that we're going to talk about, Guardian, Guardians of the Galaxy. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I was ignorant to the comic book, it, you know, and I remember all the talk about, ooh, guard, they're going to finally make Guardians of the Galaxy. And I was like, well, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't know, I really didn't know what it was until the talk of the movie is coming out. But everyone seems to be really excited, a lot, a lot of people about it. Uh, I'm not familiar with this material. And I'm gonna um, punt the ball to you, Yardley. Are you familiar? Were you familiar with the Guardians of the Galaxy material as a comic? Uh, I had heard of it. I never really read it. Um, I'm the same way. You know, when the movie was first coming out, if you read 
some of the comments like, you know, they, they've got a Facebook page and, you know, different things are going on on Twitter. And of course, it seems like the it seems like the, the media has been pushing it kind of hard. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the things that I'm reading is uh, apparently it's expected to be Marvel's next billion dollar movie. I, I just don't know, because remember uh, the hype behind the last Batman movie? Right, and and that was a product that we already knew about. It, it was actually flying high, off of the the one with Heath Ledger in it, and that one didn't do as well, and it wasn't as well received as the one prior. Now this one, um, this is going to be the first one. Uh, just looking at the characters and from what I've seen in the trailers, I mean, I'm not that impressed, but I've read um, different. You know, journalists' opinions on the movie, and people, they seem to say that it's fun. I mean, it's been getting pretty positive reviews from the people that have seen it. Um, I'm not sure how big of a hit, but it's Marvel, so it's not. I don't know. It's not going to flop. You know, right. it's going to it's going to make its money, but I can't necessarily say that I'm hyped up to see it. But I'll probably check it out. It's just for me, you know. You know, the raccoon and the tree and. I just think that it's going to be a little bit too campy for my taste. Right. But it's a Marvel movie, so I'm definitely going to give it a shot. And at least I can go into it with an open mind and, uh, you know, see what I get. Man. And, and they got Vin Diesel playing a tree. It's like, yeah. why do they even have Vin Diesel doing it? Like, they could have got anybody. I mean, if he's going to be totally obscured and even with his voice, it seemed like kind of a waste of a budget. Well, well you know, I think the voice... To me personally, uh, it seems to go along with that character. I think that they needed, you know, like his deep kind of a scratchy voice for that character. Uh, but to be honest, I wouldn't mind just doing the yeah, give me the check. I'll do the voiceover and, and don't have to do as much, of the, <laughs> you know, as much of the heavy lifting. Now, granted, I don't know if this is going to be a screen cap where he's necessarily wearing a suit. But I think that the brother of maybe the director is one of the people that's actually doing the motion cap for, for Grunt. So uh, we'll see what happens, man. What about you, Terrellyn? Is that something that piques your interest? Um, um, it's got a cute raccoon in it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a no. <laughs> um, I might, you know, bump into it when it hits TV. Oh, okay. okay. Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. All right, so both of those films come out this weekend. Uh, check them out. Let us know. Put it on our on our um, Facebook page and uh, tell us what you think. All right, so let's get to our guests. Uh, before we enter, I introduce our guest, Chris Mulkey. We have a clip from the Vampire Club, and uh, we're gonna play the clip. And on the other side, he'll be joining us. Do you feel weird without uh, your piece on you? Don't worry about me. I'd just like to make my clients feel comfortable. Part of your new uh, customer orientation, the sprinkler systems. Holy water. It's not like, holy water! It's filled with it. You know, there's a fire, I'll leave. And the smoke alarm. You get too close, you hit the showers. I'm melting! I'm melting! <laughs> I love television. I, I made a commercial when I was only eight for my dad's dealership. I said, 
I'm only eight, but even I know that's a great deal on a car. You sell a lot of cars? My dad went gay for his top salesman. They became roommates. Didn't see much of him after that. Except for the funeral. Sorry. Hello, and uh, that was Chris Mulkey in the in Vampire Mob. How are you doing, Chris? If you are satisfied with your message, press one to listen to your message. <laughs> press two to uh -oh. erase and re-record. Press. Sorry about that. <laughs> Hello. Hey. Hi, Chris. How you doing, Chris? And I'm good. I'm good. How's is it? Too, is it too noisy here? Uh, a little bit on the noisy side, but we'll make it work. Uh, we just listened to you. Hmm? You did what? We just listened to you in a uh, clip from the Vampire Mob, and we're so happy that you've joined us today. Well, thanks. I'm up in Washington now doing the, the Twin Peaks 22nd reunion. It's nice to be here. Yes, and we're, we're going yeah, to ask you a little bit about Twin Peaks. I, I was a huge fan of that show, and uh, and it's timely that uh, you were there and we have you on the show. So we didn't even, we had no <laughs> idea. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I played Hank Jennings. I played the, I played the really scary guy. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Did you ever get any of that? Did you get Did you ever get any of that apple pie? And coffee? I've had I can I can I can give you apple pie, I'll tell you what. I got I got apple pie in the freezer. Uh, maybe I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So uh Oh man, I'm gonna go through this bar. Cool. So once again Where are you guys at? Oh, I'm in Los Angeles. And I'm okay. Terry Lynn and I'm in Ohio. And this is Yardley and I'm in Ohio. the big city of Georgia. Oh. <laughs> great. There it is, GA. All my people are from Georgia. Oh, yeah, Atlanta. Where are you from originally? Well, you know, I grew up in the Midwest, but my, my, my mom's from Louisiana, and my dad's from, uh, from Savannah, GA, baby. Oh, so that's what's up. I have uh, considerable southern roots, I guess. Yeah, it's cool. Now, when you were younger, did you have a, a, more, uh, a strong uh, southern accent? Uh too long ago, man. <laughs> you know, we moved around. We didn't ever. We went, never went on vacation. We always just moved, you know. And um, it seemed like uh, wherever I was, I picked up how people talked. So, you know, I guess that's how I became an actor. You know, just kind of a chameleon. But it was fun. But I can talk if you if you want me to go southern. I can go southern now. <laughs> or I'll just I'll just be the monkey. <laughs> hey, Chris. So yeah. when we we like to start off with kind of finding out where you started. Like, so how old were you when you started getting into acting? Well, I played blues. You know, I was I played, uh, in all the all the like the union labor halls and all these places. You know, I was a harp a harmonica player. Back in the day, you know, like when I was like 17, 18, I'd sneak into bars and and uh, play with all these blues players. And then, um, so I was just that. And then I, I went on to college and I, at the University of Minnesota, I was an, I was an athlete over there. And uh, and um, I was looking for an elective class and I, I 
a baseball player friend of mine said, well, why don't you try acting? And I said, oh, man, acting. I'm like, this guy's on stage? Are you kidding me? He says, no, you like movies, right? And I said, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, try acting. It'd be really cool. I said, all right, I'll do it. And I did it and fell in love with it. I had a great first teacher, Dr. Linda Jenkins, who's a friend of mine still that I've made a couple movies with. And, oh, oh, nice. Man. So that's how I started. Okay, wait. So who was and, your uh, first on-air kiss? <laughs> I can't remember who was it. Who was it? Okay, who's your first memorable? That's really <laughs> my first memorable kiss. Well, that was uh, Patty Peralt. That was uh, when I was in um, eighth grade. That was quite. Yeah. <laughs> I was in love. I went home and I hugged my pillow the whole night long. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah. Yeah, but on yeah on on screen kiss. Wow, I did a movie called Tomcats down in Miami. I can't remember the actress's name, but it was this kind of a steamy sex scene. It was fun, but we finally got it right. Yeah, you so we had a practice. <laughs> I bet. I did. Yeah, yeah. over the house. We practiced. We could get comfortable, you know. Gotta get comfortable <laughs> to do that stuff. You know, a recurring a, a recurring theme that on our show quite a bit of actors, uh, male actors especially, uh, who got into drama is that's where all the girls were at. So was that the same when you got into drama? You realize, oh, that's where all the girls was at. Um, well, you know, I mean, I, that didn't honestly that didn't escape my attention. <laughs> but um, honestly, it, it it I don't know. I I, I was. Uh, I was drawn to it by the uh, depth of emotion and, uh, you know, the complication of, you know, circumstances and the action and stuff like that. I, you know, the attraction to the, the ladies on the set was, you know, secondary. But um, I took full advantage of it. I always like, um, you know, communication with the opposite sex is really good. <laughs> That's right. Now, um, That's, you, you got that right. <laughs> yes. You mentioned that yeah, mentioned you what? played blues. Um, yeah. So who are some of your inspirational blues uh, musicians? Well, I can just tell you Stevie Ray Vaughan mm -hmm. and uh, Johnny Lang and, you know, the White Stripes, you know. But going back, uh, I go back to uh, Muddy Waters. Oh, yeah. You know, the guy. And the old guy, Lightning Hopkins, which I've only heard recordings of. I'm actually, I saw him a couple times when I was a kid. But I met Muddy Waters in a bar in North Minneapolis when I was like 17. Wow. I had a fake ID. And I bought him a beer. I said, excuse me, Mr. Waters, would you like a, would you like a beer? I'd like to buy you one. He said, well, thank you, son. He shook my hand. I turned to my friend George and said, oh, man, Muddy Waters shook my hand. He called, he called me son. I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But, uh, you know, you know, and then I partied with Ike and Tina Turner back in the day, you know. Oh. Wow. I got around a little bit. Blackstone nice. And all those guys back in the day. But those guys were all great. You know, I mean, you go, Sly Stone was a rock and roll guy, but, you know, he was really, he was blues soul, you know. He was amazing, amazing stuff, you know. And your and your band is called uh, Chris Smokey and Deluxe. Mm-hmm. And yeah. wh where can people see you now? 
Well, we play every Monday night at uh, the House of Blues on the Sunset Strip in Hollywood, in West Hollywood. And uh, we start at 7.30, come on down. Nice. That's great. Nice. So we've, been, we've been there since the mid-May, but we've been playing off and on there in the foundation room for about, oh, maybe a year and a half, two years. But then they moved us downstairs to the Voodoo Lounge, which is a bigger, a bigger area and a bigger, bigger space and more better fun, so it's great. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you could take from performing blues into on the set as an actor? Is, is there any... Uh, yeah. yeah. Can you give us an idea of wh what you can get from that to transfer? Um, well, you know, playing, playing blues, playing music, you know, especially in a, in a rock and roll or jazz format, is uh, it's all planned out, but there's also uh, there's mo there's where uh, motivation and inspiration comes in, you know? And... Um, you, when you recognize that moment as a player, uh, it's the same way you recognize that moment as an actor. And you make what is planned out feel spontaneous, and um, that's what makes a good performance, you know, in acting or in music, you know, because it all comes directly from the heart, you know, unfiltered, and, um, and that's what moves people. That's what, why people are so attracted to it all. You know, because the the inspiration, you know, from the moment. When you when you go out on stage as an actor, uh, and you go out on stage as a uh, musician, uh, do you feel the audience like? Does the audience uh, inspire your performance in either venue? Oh, I definitely. You know, um, the audience totally inspires my performance, and, and if they're, you know, medicine or its conditions are not optimal, say, um, then it's your job to um, let me take you higher. <laughs> and you got to grab them by the head and go, come on now, we're going this way. You know, I mean, I've done plays where I've you know, done 150 performances of plays. You know, I mean, I've worked in New York and you know, we did Pure Confidence or Flags. We did, you know, 70 performances. We did like eight shows a week, you know, for, for months. You know, it's like, and you just have to go out there and take what is planned and make it seem spontaneous, you know. And uh, you know, it's you have to grab them by their by their by the hair and just bring them up. And that's all about taking chances too. And I have a, I have a phrase called "dare to be wrong." You know, take some chances. You know, get up in their face. So now, Chris. Now, now, Chris, you know you you've got the the blues down, and you've got the the acting down. Has has voice acting um, been something that you would be interested in um, pursuing uh, in the future? Because one of the things that I remember you from, and it wasn't necessarily a voice acting gig. I'm a big gamer, and I remember on PlayStation back in the '90s there was a game called Wing Commander. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> This is like before the time where, you know, like now um, they do, yeah, they do like screen caps with people. And I remember it was you and uh, Mark Hamill was in it. And I think um, Malcolm McDowell was in it. And, um, yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah Peter Jason. Well, what was it like uh, working with those guys? Because um, uh, that game was That was great. That was a wild set. I got to tell you, that's great you brought that up. Um, we, I did uh, two of those, two of those games. Uh, and... Um, we shot it all. It was all practical, and they built all the sets, and 
you were there when they blew the blew the spaceship up. It was like fuck, it was crazy, you know. It was like, yeah. <laughs> um, but um, it was all great fun, but it, it, was, it was just chaotic and, and crazy. And uh, the creator was Chris. Um, what was his name? He, from a company called Origin. But it was it was great. Yeah, voice acting. I've, I've done a lot of uh, voice stuff. I used to be the the. I mean, I used to be the the voice of Dodge trucks. You know, I was the I was the guy, the original guy that was Ram. You know, the, the man, the man. <laughs> oh wow, really? Mm-hmm. But but also I was uh, I was on Batman and Beyond. I was I was this guy Shreve, who was this really evil dude. Yeah, I've done a bunch of bunch of tons of voice stuff, but I, I always like that. You know, it's all about the music of the voice. You know, yeah. it's all great stuff. You know, you know. Speaking of, I you know I saw Morgan Freeman. So this is digressing, of course, but I saw Lucy the other day, and I saw you know one of America's great actors, great voice actors, Morgan Freeman in that movie. He's so good. You know, so he's great. I just want to, I just want to like listen to him. You know, he was great. <laughs> but I like doing that stuff. I mean, that's why. You know, that's why I like to sing, you know. Now, now you're, cur- you're, you're currently at an event celebrating uh, Twin Peaks. And um, yeah. and I, I have to, I, I couldn't let you come here and, and not talk a little bit about it, about your uh, character uh, from that series. You, you already said that he's a, he was a very dark uh, character. But that show, I remember at the time being way you know beyond what was on television at the time could you sense that from the scripts that you were getting the how significant it was um when i auditioned for hank uh, for twin peaks they, they wanted me to audition for this guy who was a cajun guy and they also wanted me to at the same time do this guy hank jennings who was this um young convict who just gotten out of prison and um and i knew a guy who'd done uh 11 years in San Quentin for armed robbery. I know a lot of people. He's, so I said, I said, I think I'm just going to, I said, Walter Oakwitz uh, eventually played uh, the Cajun guy on Twin Peaks. And I said, I, I want everybody he said, well, you can read both parts. I said, I said, no, I'm not going to read both parts. The Cajun guy is sitting outside, Walter Oakwitz. I'm, I'm, I'm Hank Jennings. And, um, and I wasn't going to go on the interview because for Twin Peaks because I, I just didn't really understand it. It was so kind of, kind of far out and I don't know, risky and disjointed and psychological. And it was, I'm not very smart, so it was beyond me. <laughs> and then uh, as it, <laughs> but as it accumulated, you're right. Um, I I felt the uh, gravity of it, and uh, it was an amazing, you know, kind of McLaughlin and Sherilyn Fenn, and you know, and just you know, all those guys, Wendy Roby, and you know. I mean, it was amazing. It was just—it was a really great ride. It's great, great to be part of it. It's nice to be up here at this at this Twin Peaks Fest. They've—they've uh, they've been doing it for 22 years. I've come up a couple times, but um, I'm usually working, and I'm just—I'm—I'm uh, I'm just playing music this summer, so I'm just chilling and uh, just relaxing because I've done a ton of stuff this year. But it's nice to be up here and recount the adventures on and off the set. And it was a wild set, crazy. It's about evil, you know. This, the the TV show was about the essence of evil. Woo, crazy. Now, at the event, a lot of fans. Um, a lot of fans. Yeah, the fans are awesome. And what's your favorite fan story? Do you have one, or what's a neat fan story you can tell us? Wow, I don't know. 
But no, I can't tell you. <laughs> no. Um, no, we want you to tell us those. Come on now. No. Nobody's no, listening. No. It's just, well, us, it, you know. Here's the, here's the curious. At this, at this festival, it, 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 the people, I mean, people come and they dress up like you, you know. It's, it's very bizarre. Um, and um, and a lot of times, you'll, uh, many times I've come up here and um, start signing autographs and then I find myself at three o'clock in the morning in someone's hotel room with about like thirty people drinking and just like, how did I get here? What? Because <laughs> so, people are always really nice and they're, uh, you know, just into it and they're have all these questions. But it's a, uh, yeah, it's always fun. I mean, it's always fun, you know. And um, and people know what they're talking about too. About this show, people really study it. There's a there's a Twin Peaks trivia game. And there's they. They actually know more about the TV series than I do. I'm going, oh, dude, I, mean, you know, I did it like 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, of but all it's all the... It's a bad story. No. What's that? Of, of, of all, all the, the what? Of all the shows that you've done, what are your most active fans still? The most... The dedicated... The most dedicated fans, did you say? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The most... It would have to be Twin Peaks. Yeah. It would just have to be, you know. Go um, to a peak. It, I mean, yeah, I mean, it really was. It changed the way they write for TV. We know that. I mean, and um, there were 28 actors in the company, and it was all just, it was all so amazing. Um, and how they shot it and the, the amount of violence and the un- amount of psychological violence that showed up every week um, was amazing, you know. It was a... Uh, Cheryl and Cheryl and Finn, we were, um, or Cheryl Lee, we were sitting around, and Cheryl Lee came up to me, and she was just smoking. It's a beautiful woman, you know. And she said, "Said Chris, she said, do you believe in the devil?" And I looked <laughs> at her, and I, and I said, "Looking at you, absolutely." Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to my dressing room. <laughs> 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 it was in trouble. You know, she looked. I don't know what she had planned, but she looked good wrapped in plastic. Away. So, <laughs> okay, yeah. you gotta walk away. You just gotta walk away. <laughs> I advise, <laughs> or don't. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. I guess once you're yeah, a veteran, yeah. I guess once you're a veteran, you kind of know how to, you know, how to handle that. <laughs> uh, yeah, you do. There's, you know, because it's. Um, as my friend Jamie, uh, Jamie Bergeron, I play music with him down in, in Lafayette, Louisiana, and he says, if you don't walk away, it's going to cost you some money. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? It's interesting that you said walk away, and this actually leads me into a question that I wanted to ask you about the movie Cloverfield. <laughs> I, I, oh, yeah, totally, I totally wish that we would have gotten more of you because literally when you showed up in the movie, you basically walked away from them poor kids when they was running from the monster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I said, deal with them. We got other shit to go. We <laughs> yeah, told, funny. Yeah, I told those poor kids to beat it. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah, right, exactly. And we took one into custody and killed her, yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah she was infected. Oh, yeah, man. those guys were great. J.J. Um, Abrams, how about that? Yeah, those guys. That was oh, yeah, a really cool movie. I think I've heard of that guy. His career is uh, taking off pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> He's brilliant. He's, you know, I mean, he and Peter Berg and all those guys, they're so smart. It's just, you know, it's great. Anything I can do with those guys, I always you know, jump on it. But they, they call me up 
you want to do this movie? I said, sure. It's just come in and play the colonel. I said, oh, yeah, I'm in there. Bang. It was wild. Wild, wild, wild. Yeah. Shot it, you know, POV. It's really good. Really cool movie. I have a really cool movie coming out in uh, on August 29th with Patty Clarkson, Patricia Clarkson, called uh, The Last Weekend. Mm. I play uh, Ray Dolby, the guy who invented Dolby Sound. And uh, it's really a cool movie. It's called The Last Weekend. And it opens the last weekend in August. It's cool. Oh, oh nice. nice. Go see that. Definitely. Yeah. Interesting. But I got, and I got another movie that's uh, in the Vegas Film Festival. I played as Hitman. We just won the, it just won the grand prize at uh, Manhattan Film Festival um, called The Living. Check that out. Go, on, go online and watch a preview of that. Talk about a scary guy. Ooh, I play a scary guy. Do, do you, uh, uh, when you play those kind of parts, do, do you take it with you or do you leave it on the stage? Because I always hear about some actors who, you know, they actually kind of take it with them, you know, in other parts of their lives. No, do not take that stuff with you. I've been through that stuff for real, so I don't need to take it with me. <laughs> yeah, don't, you don't want to be like on a date and you're still the hitman from the movie you were shooting, you know? <laughs> that wouldn't be a good uh, look. You know, you know, I've been in situations that you probably wouldn't want to be in, so I don't need to take anything with me about that, you know? That's like, I need to take kindness and love and understanding with me. I don't need to take any violence or dangerous activity anymore. So you can turn it off. Been there, done that. Oh yeah, I walk away. <laughs> Are they paying me to be crazy? No, not now. Okay, I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, no. We were shooting a movie called Patty Rocks, uh, and my wife Karen Landry uh, um, played the uh, played the title role. We won. Uh, it won by, by back in what '88. It won the grand prize at the Sundance Film Festival. And a really cool movie. And um, we were shooting the movie, and we'd written it, and I produced it, and I starred in it with her. And uh, we were in a restaurant offset, and I started—I was acting, kind of acting like my character. And, and my wife said, "I'm going to the bathroom. When I come back, that guy better not be." Here. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> threw down the napkin. <laughs> when I came, when she came back. The guy wasn't there. It was just me. How cool! Leave that, leave that stuff at work. <laughs> How cool is it to have a wife that's also in the business, that understands what you go through? I don't know. Do you guys have a chance to uh, run? Li- do you guys run lines with each other? Is that kind of? Does that go on? Karen helps me immeasurable. You know, Karen is a she's a she's a theater director. Um, she's going to go do a, a play called Thirty Three Variations, which uh, Jane Fonda did on Broadway. She's going to go do that in Minneapolis, in St. Paul, at the uh, at the Park Square Theater, which is a great theater. Uh, but she's a theater director and a movie actress and, uh, and and done tons of stuff, and she totally understands it and, and coaches me and runs lines with me, and then then will just tell me to go screw myself. <laughs> You're on your own. <laughs> now, but yeah, uh, but she doesn't understand. Yeah, do you work with your time. daughters? Are either one of them? Um, yeah, I do. Uh huh. They're, um, Amelia and Lizzie are really smart. They're really smart, wonderful actors. They're funny, and they're um, really beautiful. And they're, they're also uh, they make really smart choices. My daughter Amelia is a uh, is a theater director as well, and won an Ovation Award down in Los Angeles for a play that she did by Arthur Miller called Memory of Two Mondays. And she's uh, she's great. She's 
amazing. And then Lizzie is in New York, and she's um, just directed her first dance show, and uh, and um, you know, she's a great dancer and an actress. And I mean, they're both doing really well. I'm very proud. I'm very yeah. proud. <laughs> it's a good daddy to be proud. <laughs> Hell yeah, because it's the home team. You know, you got to root for the home team. <laughs> no, no doubt. Now, I want to ask you about longevity in the business because your career still has its foot on the gas, you know. And uh, I was wondering, do you feel do you feel like the entertainment industry has more opportunities for veteran actors and actresses now as opposed to let's just say twenty plus years ago? No, no, no. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. It has opportunities for twenty year olds, mm-hmm. thirty year olds. So if you look at a bar graph, okay, pull out your pie charts, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Okay, now you look at, you know, okay, so there's a big, there's big bars raising up the sky, okay? The 20-year-old is almost touching the ceiling. Then 30 years, just a little bit lower. 40 years, just a little bit lower. Then 50 years, and bang. No, because people want to see young people and stuff. I mean, there's a lot of roles, but I mean, it's all about, you know, it's about younger faces and stuff like that. I mean, it's about, you know, because the drama... I mean, most of the drama is growing up. Will I get married? Will I succeed in business? Will, uh, you know, will I get sent to war? Will I get back from war? Will he come back from war? Mm-hmm. Will he marry me? Will I have the kids? Will I, you know, it's all great expectations, you know? I mean, the other side is, for the old people, when am I going to die? Am I dead yet? Man, I look ugly. Oh, my body is really ugly. Oh, man, that's ugly. I mean, come on. Okay. I mean, I'm just being honest. You can cut that part out of the radio program. Here, read it. Yeah, veteran actors, you know, they have a dearth of experience, and uh, and they're just just better, and they're quicker, and they learn their lines, and they show up on time. Yeah. And um, it's just great for veteran actors. Okay, cut that in there. And <laughs> yeah, I, I got you. I got you. Do, do you remember the point in come your on, career? Man. It's the youth culture, you know. Everybody goes, you know, people go, you know, man. That's crazy. You know? do, do you crazy. remember? It's, it's, do you remember the point in your career where you went from young actor to now Hollywood seeing you as an older, you know, mature veteran actor? Like, was there a certain part where he's like, "Oh, dang, they see me now as, you know, kind of the older guy"? Um, no. When was that? Oh, so it hasn't happened yet, huh? <laughs> I, I like I don't it. No, man. I mean, they, they 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 see me as pretty mature right now. I mean. They, it's a crazy monkey, you know. I don't know. I don't know. You just—I mean, I worked. Well, I got I have five movies coming out. You know, I don't know. I don't know. The, you know, you just the, the dynamics change. It's like life. You know, it's like, you know, you're not carrying your bologna sandwich to school anymore. You know, you're mm-hmm. hopping, going down and getting a, you know, happy meal. Oh no, you got not get a happy meal. You're going to a restaurant and having, you know, you know steak for lunch with the boss, you know, progression of stuff, you know. So, you know, I don't know, I don't know, I'm not clocking it. As Einstein said, you know, it's all one moment. Our whole existence is just one moment, so, you know, hang on a second. Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, it's all one moment. (laughs) (laughs) Now, now we have to give uh, um, Joe Wilson a big shout-out. He's in our chat room, and and, uh, uh, so... You worked with him on the Vampire Mob project, so how did that all come yep. about? Uh, you working, meeting uh, Joe, and then working with him. 
Well, I'm a, I, I write and direct over at the uh, at the Ruskin Theater in, in West Los Angeles, uh, and um, we do the cafe plays together, which is um, a unique situation where we write and direct and produce uh, uh, five cafe plays in eight hours, and then they open at seven thirty and close at nine thirty. And as a writer and a director on those, I became friends with Joe, and Joe said, "Well, I've got this great idea." Uh, you know, Vampire Mob, and he explained the premise, and I went, oh, dude, whatever you need, I'm in. So it was great, and, you know, and John Colella is, you know, stars in it, and it's great. It's just great fun. These guys are these guys are terrific, and, and Joe is an inspired and funny writer and a wonderful director, so I'm, we have a ball, you know. It's, it's nice to be part of it. Yeah. So, yeah, so we- everybody contribute to Joe's thing so we can get more uh, get more money to do more shows. That's right, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So that's uh, a soul gig. That's not a money gig. Yeah. So yeah. Um, okay. uh, do you, Do you plan on uh, um, writing and producing more yourself, independent work? Yeah, I have a couple. I have a couple movies that I, that I'm um, I'm pitching around town, and um, I have a movie called Whiskey Beginnings that McGee is uh, such a direct over at um, you know at the Ridley Scott's company nice. about the uh, about the birth of NASCAR. And uh, it's really cool. So they bought the they bought the, the movie, and um, and I got another movie uh, that we're we're taking around called I Chihuahua the movie, which is about um, the Baja One Thousand motorcycle race seen from a psychedelic viewpoint. So it's kind of uh, it's kind of fear and loathing in Las Vegas, but on motorcycles. It's crazy. It's really nice. So we're doing that. Yeah, and I'm, I'm actually I'm directing next week at the Ruskin. Uh, the cafe plays. I'm acting in one, and I'm directing one that I wrote, and then someone else is directing another one that I wrote. So, yeah, I'm a busy guy. It's crazy. Sounds like a lot of fun. Now, did they ever uh, record those for people to watch online? Um, no, but that's a great idea. Yeah, you should check into the restaurant and call those guys. Yeah, yeah I think I, I, I will. I gotta come down. Uh, I gotta come down and check it out. So I'm in West LA. Yeah, so. come down. Uh, come down. Come down next. To, so Monday night, I'll see you at the House of Blues. Okay, seven thirty. <laughs> okay, and then we and Chris Mulkey Deluxe, and then Friday night we open the cafe plays, and we're doing the best of the cafe plays. And uh, so yeah, come to the Ruskin. So you can see me two. All right. Two nights. You can see me doing the blues guy, and then you can see me being a director and an actor. And then you can come to my house, and I'll just make some barbecue. Screw it. Let's just do this whole thing, okay? There we go. <laughs> there it is. Love it. <laughs> hey, these guys are downstairs right now, and they got my. They they want me to take some pictures with uh, with the fans, so I got to jump off this thing. You can, okay. Is that okay for you guys? The, yeah. Thank Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, uh, what's the next project? Um, the next project that I'm doing? Yeah. Well, I'm on ABC's Grimm, you know. I, I reoccur on Grimm on, on ABC. I play Monroe's dad on there. But I'm just I'm just playing music. Just playing music like a fool, you know. I'm just doing it. <laughs> and I got a new CD out. You can go on CD Baby and check out my, my CDs. And uh, we just recorded a new Christmas CD called Rapture Christmas. And oh. it's under the name of Vic Mulkey and the Blue Veins. And you didn't figure out the blue vein, what the blue veins mean. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, um, <laughs> All right. yeah, man, so I'm just doing that. Yeah, it's, it's great. Well, but go see Last Weekend on the 29th of August. That's a really cool movie. We, we will definitely check that out. 
if you don't like it, I'll buy the pizza. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, thanks, th- Chris. thank you so much, Chris, for joining us. Well, thanks for having me, and uh, you know, and, and support Joe Wilson. He's terrific. Yes, yes, definitely. All right. All right, you guys. Thanks a ton. Bye bye. Yeah. All right, that was Chris Mulkey. Uh, that was a, an excellent interview. Um, what did you guys think? You know, I love that he is he he's doing a little bit of everything. You know, for the hyperactive person in myself, I love that he's directing, he's acting, he's doing television, he's doing theater, he's doing movies. I mean, what is he's doing games? Yardley, you mentioned. I mean, what isn't the man doing? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have to agree. He, he, I mean, I think it's probably one of the things that a lot of people need to do in life. You know, um, sometimes when you're growing up, like you're, uh, some people's parents kind of want you to you know, get a job and you're going to have this job for a long time and save up. But, you know, we live in an age now where there's like no such thing as getting a job and having it for like 30 plus years anymore. Um, you kind of got to have your toe. In, in a lot of things, and I, and I think that's probably one of the keys to his longevity is the fact that he's versatile and he can do a lot of different things. And uh, you know, more power to him. I mean, actually having talked to him, I'm actually more excited uh, to check out the things that he has coming up, and I'm kind of jealous that Kim Pei is going to get some House of Blues and barbecue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> hey man, come on down, man. Get some barbecue too, too down there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Uh, before we uh, say goodnight, I definitely want to have some program notes. Tomorrow is a big day for, for us. Uh, it's the premiere of the TV show Hell on Wheels, and we have our big episode, uh, our Hell on Wheels uh, season premiere episode. We'll be joined by actor Kevin Davey, who plays Patty Quinn on the series, so that should be really cool. And we just have a bunch of really good programs coming up. Monday, Mars Venus... We're having an all-female panel. Uh, we have on Thursday Jennifer Farron from Hell on Wheels. On you know uh, next Friday we're working on something special for for this show Spotlight Hollywood. So it's a lot of great programs coming up, and I'm just really excited about the rest of this year. How you know, how great it's going to be. So definitely uh, just keep on the lookout for what we're doing here at Indie Radio. So uh, before we, one before we say goodbye, I want to uh, go to you, Tara Lynn. How how can people get you Facebook, Twitter, and all that stuff? Yeah, check me out on Facebook and Twitter, Tara Lynn Gravoy. Uh, I think it's Tara Lynn underscore Gravoy. Um, but yeah, check me out. All right. And what about you, Yarlene? What do you have coming out besides you know the indie uh, radio stuff? Well, you know what? I'm just pretty much getting my head ready, man, for this uh, this slew of shows that we got coming up. You know. Um, it's kind of been, you know, we've been on and off. We've been taking breaks from different shows. So, you know, right now, the only thing that I'm focusing on is, you know, of course, Hell on Wheels tomorrow. And uh, and just kind of getting my mind right, man, because we've got the shows coming up. You know, the NFL preseason is about to start jumping off. Uh, you know, man, you know, what more can you ask, man? This is totally my favorite time of year, man. And uh, as far as um, social media is concerned, um, you can find me on Twitter at militant underscore marker and of course uh, indieradio.org that has all of our Facebook um, links, uh, iTunes, Spreaker, um, Facebook pages. Just give us a like and check out our shows and uh, we're going to keep this train moving, man, starting tomorrow at 9 p.m. Yeah? That's right. 
Oh, and, uh, no, that um, 8 Pacific, 11 Eastern. Because oh, <laughs> you remember? Right. Yeah. Well, I was actually talking about the time. Oh, the, the, when the show yeah. starts. I'm sorry. Yeah. You were right. You were right. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and I was going to say, I forgot. I, um, check out theblackandmirror.com. I worked on a animated um, series. Uh, it's kind of got sci-fi. It's kind of got little... Uh, cloning going on it's a pretty fun show and it, it it's our uh second season of trying to make a little mini series just online so check it out all right the black in mirror definitely and you got to post it on our page so that uh people can check it out yeah see what you've been working on all right so with all that said uh, we will see you next time on the spotlight hollywood and you can follow me at kente f and, uh, and I'm Kente. I'm Terlin. And I'm Yardley. And we'll catch you next time.